You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Now, tell me about your father. City Councilling on 95BFM, our weekly chat with the good people of Auckland Council. Yesterday, Auckland councillors discussed the Mayor's draft proposal for the annual 2023-2024 budget. While the proposal passed and was sent out to public consultation, it has proved controversial as it includes deep cuts to public services and selling Auckland Airport shares. Mayor Brown also caused controversy when he suggested Auckland Airport would be seeking capital investment before the airport announced it themselves. I spoke to Councillor Mike Lee about the topic. First question I have is, yesterday the Mayor was speculating that Auckland Airport was going to be doing a capital injection and then he said it was pretty obvious that it was going to happen and then the Regulatory Commission had to put a halt on the shares because Auckland Airport hasn't actually said anything and so then Auckland Airport came out and said it was going to be funded by debt and then the Mayor said, oh, we were just discussing. What on earth happened? The Mayor and the Council officers are determined to sell down the council's stake, significant stake in Auckland International Airport. That was handed down from regional leaders and government leaders, you know, a couple of generations back, and they will spend all that money for sure, as they have spent other assets or the proceeds from other asset sales. So I, you know, coming back to the, the Mayor's budget, we, you know, majority of councillors felt the Mayor had the right has the right to produce a budget, a proposal, and put it before uh, the people of Auckland. So we respected that. I didn't in any way try to amend or formally amend or obstruct it. But like a lot of other councillors, I express major concerns, and these concerns will have to be dealt with uh, in the months ahead before that budget can be signed off. And selling airport shares is one of those major concerns. and It was 20 to 1, I believe. And so what are some of the concerns that you hold? Well, the, f- the first concern is that the budget was really, uh, the, the financial inputs really were totally relied on from Auckland Council staff. The whole budget essentially relies on the system that got us into this, into this problem to get us out of it, and I don't think that's particularly wise. In June, in the last budget of Mayor Goff, there was a $127 million deficit, which was passed over with the government grant relating to three waters. I won't go into that now, but that $127 million was, was used to patch the hole in the budget. Around about Election Day, it was revealed that the projected deficit was $270 million, more than doubled. And then a few weeks later, it went to $295 million. So who knows what will happen next. But there is a systemic problem in Auckland Council. The council management are saying, oh, it's due to world inflation, it's due to increase interest rates. That's totally unconvincing, in my opinion. But the fundamental problems are not being addressed. So what's happening, a 7% rates increase, a increased borrowings of, of $75 million, major sell-down of, of income-earning assets, which I think is very, very short-sighted, decreases, cuts in services to communities, and increases in user charges. That sounds pretty much same old, same old 
to me, and I, I don't think it's the best way to get out of this problem. That, that's, my, that's my opinion. We'll see what the public feel about it. One of the issues that got brought up, which I feel like you are reasonably passionate about, is transport. And there's a suggestion that they're going to raise, what, a 6.5% raise on public transport fees. They're going to cut $21 million out of the bus network budget. How do you feel about this? I think that's incredibly short-sighted. I I won't go into my discussions on the AT board, but if public transport patronage is approximately, or it's actually less, and the last figures I have of what it was, 50% less of what it was in 2019 prior to COVID, the half-fear subsidy from the government will come off mid-next year to then put bang on a 6.5% fare increase on top of that, and some of those fare increases will go up to 13 point something percent, is the worst possible way of trying to encourage Aucklanders back onto public transport. If the whole strategy is to get people out of cars and onto public transport, that's not a very smart way to go. And I I, I think it's not going to play well for anyone at all. And one more um, complication, and I believe we discussed this at our last interview, is that KiwiRail and AT have agreed to shut down for two years, uh, rolling shutdowns for two years, large segments of the rail network and put on bus replacements. But (laughs) we have a crisis with attracting bus drivers and it's not just the pay and not just the conditions, it's also real concerns about safety that potential and existing bus drivers have. So We have a major problem and we're trying to address that problem in the same old, same old neoliberal formula and I don't think it's going to work. We're already facing a bit of a problem with buses and as you said, they're going to be shutting down the rail system and using replacement buses. Buses are already at a shortage at the moment, so they're cancelling one of the buses that was going to get was cancelled this morning and they're going to cut $21 million from the bus network and they're going to add on fare increase. This is just going to drive people back to cars. It's already doing that. Unfortunately, and I spent most of my time in, in regional government trying to build up pub, public transport, and we succeeded. In, for instance, rail patronage in the year 2000 was, I think, $2 million a year, and we got it up to over $21 million, and now it's about $10 million, and it's, it's less than... It's less than ten million, and it's less than what Wellington is currently carrying, which is a city significantly smaller in population than Auckland. So all the indicators are going backwards, and yet the powers of be are, are essentially applying Thatcherite measures, which will not work in my view. This is right off strategy. If the strategy is to get people out of cars, lower carbon emissions, contribute to the global fight against climate change, which we hear about all the time, you know, council bureaucracy pumps this stuff all the time, but actually the words don't relate to the actions. There's a disjunct. It's not making strategic sense right now. What are your thoughts on selling the airport shares? I think those shares 
Okay, in 2019, the dividend received from the council was $59 million. That's equivalent to about a 3% rates increase. In other words, you take that $59 million away year on year, and all the council planning assumes continued growth in population. And so Auckland Airport will recover, is recovering from the global pandemic, and dividends will can be reasonably expected to return to what they were. So over the years, that's a steady source of income that costs the Auckland Council nothing was given to Auckland Council. And I have a moral issue about uh, selling publicly owned assets. I also have financial objections to selling income earning assets and then spending it and then there's nothing to replace it. It's again rather like the transport strategy um, self-defeating in the long term. It may things may look good in the short term. However, it is not sustainable and I don't believe it's justifiable. And I will, when it comes to, unless there is a change, I, I, I will strongly oppose it. And I'm sure many other councillors and many other Aucklanders will. That's my personal feeling. I can't find the exact amount, but they are proposing cutting local board funding. What are your thoughts on that? The local boards are the interface with the local communities and a significant part of their role is supporting local groups, environmental work, cultural, artistic enterprises. So that's going to hurt. In my ward, there are three local boards in many ways quite different. Waitamata Local Board in Auckland Central, Waiheke Island Local Board and the Aotea Great Barrier Local Board and the, the Island uh, Local Board because of their low population but a significant territory. If there's across the board cuts, they're disproportionately affected and as the Aotea Great Barrier Board Chair, as he Fordham points out, the level of cuts will mean the local board can't really do much except have meetings and it's into with the community will be stripped away because the level of cut will disproportionately affect that board and that community. So that's not good either. I spoke to Shane Henderson and he said the libraries are administered by the local boards and a lot of those libraries are real credits to their community. And if the local funding body is cut, is that going to affect local libraries? There will be some effect on libraries. Libraries are probably the best thing the... You know, I'm very critical of the Auckland Council, very critical of the CBC, but library, the library system is probably one of the best things we do. Shane has spent many years on local boards, so he would have a better handle on the details of that, but I'm a regular library user myself, so it wouldn't surprise me, rather than touching the big contracts that they, they start running down library services, but that would be a terrible mistake. Again, it's over to the public to make their feelings felt about this and we've got some months now to analyse what is going on and I, I do hope that we get a strong pushback from the people of Auckland and I do hope that that strong pushback prompts an independent audit about what is going on inside the finances of the council and the CCOs. That was City Councillor Mike Lee talking about the reaction to Auckland Council Group's annual budget 2023-24. Have you tried mindfulness? Try mindfulness. City Counselling on 95 BFM. That was a 95 BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95bfm.com slash bcasts.